This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is Kansas State's Daniel Green, and you're listening to the Powercat Pregame Podcast on the 24-7 Sports Podcast Network. Coming off an absolutely dominant 31-3 victory at Baylor last Saturday, Kansas State will head back out on the road one final time this regular season as the Wildcats face West Virginia on Saturday afternoon in Morgantown. The game kicks off at 1 p.m. Central, which is 2 p.m. local time in West Virginia and can be seen on Big 12 Now on ESPN+. K-State enters the week in second place in the Big 12 standings while West Virginia is fresh off a 23-20 home victory over Oklahoma to keep the Mountaineers' bowl hopes alive. The Cats are 7-3 and three and 5-2 and two in the Big 12. The Mountaineers, under struggling Neil Brown, are 4-6 and six and 2-5. And, and welcome to the Powercat pregame podcast sponsored by Robbins Motor Company. I am Go Powercat publisher Tim Fitzgerald. This is the 11th edition of this show this season. I hope you've been following along. And if you have, you know what we're about to do. We're going to talk to Ryan Wallace from Go Power Cat about this matchup with West Virginia. Wally is in charge of our football recruiting and helps out with team coverage. and does such a great job preparing for each week's game, so he is well-versed in what might happen once the teams take the field. And then after the break, we'll have in our football analyst, Mr. Brian Hanley. And, of course, he was an offensive lineman on those terrific 1997 and 98 Kansas state teams. We always wrap up the show with Ryan Gilbert to talk about the betting lines throughout the Big 12, his thoughts on the Cats game and where maybe you should park your money if you're so inclined. And in between, we always have a couple interviews. And this week, our player interview is, of course, Will Howard, Kansas State's new starting quarterback. Because if you did not hear, Adrian Martinez is out for this game. Adrian suffered a lower leg injury, which one media outlet reported will take him out four to six weeks. We have heard that it may not be quite that long, but it's probably likely he will not be available this week or in the next couple weeks if Kansas State does make it to Arlington in two weeks, but he would be available for the bowl game. However, Chris Kleiman said at Tuesday's press conference that he hopes to have him available for KU and beyond. We will see if that is fact or just some gamesmanship from the Kansas State head coach. And then, of course, we'll hear from Coach Kleiman in the second half of our podcast as we take you over the next hour on a tour of the Mountaineers and Wildcats and what could take place when these two teams meet in Morgantown Saturday afternoon. The first afternoon road game for the Wildcats all season as the Cats are 3-1 and one in Big 12 road games this year, but all of them have been at night. They're going to have to wake up and get ready for some football, but it will be Will Howard at quarterback, and the Mountaineers' passing defense is pretty dreadful, so that might bode well for the Cats. More injury information for Kansas State. Kobe Savage, the great junior college safety transfer out of Tyler, Texas, who's been so good on and off the field this year for the Cats. He's a natural leader. He's a vocal leader on the field, and he's a hard hitter, and he set the tone at Baylor with a great interception on the Bears' first possession. Kobe Savage tore his ACL and his loss for the rest of the season, and hopefully he will have enough time to prepare for the 23 season for Kansas State. But we are sponsored by Robbins Motor Company. We have Ryan Wallace standing by waiting for us, but we got to do this. K-State fans, visit the Robbins Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Fiat location on Anderson Avenue in Manhattan for an exciting test drive. Robbins Motor Company, title sponsor of the Powercat pregame podcast. And now we bring in our own Ryan Wallace to discuss Kansas State and West Virginia Saturday afternoon in beautiful Morgantown, West Virginia. It is, of course, a 1 p.m. kick, Central Time, 2 p.m. out east. Wally, I've looked at 
every Big 12 team now, except Kansas, although I've kept a pretty good eye on Kansas because it's a fascinating story, I have found no one more confusing to me than West Virginia. Really good at home, really bad on the road. Really good in some things offensively, really bad in other things. Really good in some things defensively, really bad at other things. It's really a hard team to figure out, and it makes maybe trying to predict the outcome of this game a little bit treacherous because you just don't know what West Virginia is going to put on the field. You know, Fitz, this is probably the wrong thing to say. I don't want anyone to not to not listen to our show anymore, but my God, I feel like I've been wrong for like five weeks. It's, it's, it, this it's, conference. It's, it's, it's fun. It's, and I think the best way that I can describe West Virginia, um, you know, Ryan Gilbert earlier this week asked for our picks. Um, and, and I gave him my kind of synopsis on, on why I'm picking the Wildcats. And we'll get more into that here in a second. But I, I basically said, West Virginia is re- not really that bad but they're not really that good either. And, and they're really, it's the first team that I feel like I I can say that about that, that K state has faced in the big 12 since maybe Texas tech, you know, I mean, every other team that I feel like K state has played, maybe Iowa state to a certain extent, but even then they had an elite defense that has still proven itself, you know, several weeks later, but everybody else that I feel like K state has played to this point in the big 12, has had an element about them that, you know, has that home run ability or has that ability where you, you think it might throw K-State off a little bit. And I'll just be honest with you, and, and we'll talk more about them here in a minute. The Mountaineers don't do that to me. There, there's there's nothing that's quite just five-alarm siren type thing that I see with West Virginia. Competitive um, in certain areas, but, but probably a test that you would think and – and hope K-State should come out um, relatively easy. Yeah, I mean, you talk about Iowa State, and we, we've kind of followed Iowa State because there's such a strange story. Iowa State leads the de- leads the league, excuse me, in scoring defense at 16.7. They're last in scoring offense, 21.8. West Virginia is second to last, excuse me, third to last, just ahead of K-State in scoring offense. It's weird company K-State has there at the bottom with West Virginia and Iowa State as the bottom three offenses in terms of points. But they're dead last in scoring defense. Why are the Mountaineers giving up almost 33 points a game? They can't stop anyone, and they've been winning kind of by, quote, outscoring opponents. Well, they're getting they're getting just blasted on on – the deep ball and, and really the secondary in general is getting just punished. You know, you mentioned it dead last defense in the big 12. They've given up 273 points uh, in conference play, 328 points allowed overall this season. If you include the non-con uh, 6.2 yards per play, um, which is a, quite a bit. And here's what, what tells me that it's really the passing game is all that has been, has happened on West Virginia, despite them having one of the fewest plays uh, totals of any defense in the conference, just 667 plays. So again, they're, they're not really on the field that much and yet they're giving up big, big plays. And that's what it is. I think they're allowing the home run hits. And when I look at West Virginia's defense, as bad as it's been, the one bright spot that you would say is in the trenches, their defensive line, shows some promise. Um, you know, you've got Dante Sills, the, the younger of the Sills brothers that I joked, you know, feels like they've been in the Sillses have been in college since like the turn of the millennium. Then you've got Sean Martin, who I really like an active player that kind of is a Jalen pickle. He can go inside and outside. Those two, that pair fits are the only uh, two true defensive linemen that are rated in the top 11 uh, in the big 12 in sacks. So they're the West Virginia is the only team that has two true defensive linemen that are in the top 11 in sacks. You know, TCU doesn't K state doesn't um, other teams might have one, or they might have a linebacker and a defensive lineman, but West Virginia has two D linemen. And then the other thing that they have going for them is a young, a younger player up front named Jordan Jefferson. And, and again, this is a, um, uh, an inkling of, of how bad the secondary is Jordan Jefferson actually leads their team and passes broken up <laughs> um, despite the amount of throws that their secondary is facing. 
It's a D lineman that has the most PBUs. And that's the thing for me, Fitz. Mm. Um, you look at this defense, strong, I think, defensive line when they want to be, not all the time, but a, a secondary that I think Neil Brown tried to fix maybe the way that everyone else is, but missed it in one area. And here's why. When you look at their defensive backs that have registered over 100 snaps this season, you're looking at a sophomore, a sophomore, a redshirt freshman, and a freshman. And then Neil Brown tried to throw in some veterans, but it's a transfer from James Madison, transfer from Colorado State, transfer from Murray State, and a transfer from Illinois State, um, Woods, it's actually out for the year. So it's nobody that's really had any experience within the system you know, let alone started a lot of games at West Virginia that these transfers or younger guys can lean on. They're all new. They're all getting thrown in at the same time. And that is why you are seeing uh, just colossal miscommunication in the secondary, despite the efforts that we're seeing in the trenches from the D-line. Yeah, it's just amazing to, to watch their struggles. But after you spell all that out, it seems like even if Adrian Martinez wasn't injured and unavailable this weekend, Will Howard would probably be the more appropriate guy to start because he can throw it all around on that secondary. Yeah, I mean, I think K-State could get by with Adrian Martinez, you know, um, the more play it safe kind of passing, but you're right. Um, in this case, I, I do think with Martinez out, it's not a bad thing. In fact, it's a, in fact, it's a great thing um, that Will Howard is going to end up being the guy because he has shown a, an ability to stretch the field and has shown a more daring approach to this passing offense. And so, yeah, having a Malik Knowles healthy. Um, having Cade Warner back healthy. Uh, I think this is a game that you can see Colin Klein um, use Will Howard's arm a little bit more. And then, you know, maybe we can see Will Howard get back to a, a running style. Although I'm with you and what you said on the Powercat podcast, I, I'd rather Will Howard not have to run the ball. But again, I, this is the type of defense where you can see K-State really open up both sides of things and, and really keep West Virginia off balance. I think Will Howard starting and playing the significant snaps in this game, whether Martinez was healthy or not, a good thing for K-State. Yeah, I just don't see how West Virginia is going to slow down this K-State offense with Will Howard. I mean, it's a whole different beast. You can throw out the stats. I mean, he's only started two games, or excuse me, one game. He's only played in three games, and the stats with him at quarterback are shockingly different than the season stats because the offense honestly just functions better with him. But also, it's not like West Virginia, despite the talent of that defensive line, has a good rush defense. I think Deuce Vaughn will be effective against this team. And now I'm beginning to think, what will West Virginia be able to take away from Kansas State offensively? And I'm not sure what that answer is. Yeah, I don't think so. I mean, they're, they're going to really struggle because you're going to have Deuce Vaughn doing what he normally does and kind of base stuff. Uh, you're going to have Will Howard being able to you know, move the chains with his feet, you know, when he sees openings. Um, and then you're, you should be able to have a passing game that, you know, keeps West Virginia honest. And then on top of that, I think if we see K-State be able to throw in some more play action stuff, you know, throw in some more read stuff that makes the secondary watch the ball before they just automatically bail with the receiver, that opens up things big time too. Because again, you know, I talked about um, West Virginia secondary uh, a lot of missed tackles that we're seeing from this West Virginia defense, but also the yards after catch over 1300 uh, yards after catch KU is the only other uh, opponent that, that K state will face in the big 12 next week, actually that has surrendered more yards after catch. So again, that tells me that either, you know, guys are out of position in, in terms of fundamental tackling or they're letting guys just completely get by. And again, I think some of that goes with um, whether it's play action type stuff uh, or just miscommunication in general with the secondary thing. I would be shocked if K-State got out of Morgantown um, without, you know, one of its better offensive performances um, that, that we've seen knowing, you know, that, that Will Howard is the better passer um, and knowing that, you know, he has that ability to open up both, 
faucets uh, of this K-State offense. And K-State layered in a whole other issue for opposing defenses last week with the win at Baylor. Yeah, you got Will Howard throwing it. Yeah, you got Deuce Vaughn running it. Oh, you got Deuce Vaughn catching it. Oh, and by the way, now they have a, a tight end that can play at an elite level in Ben Sennett. He flipped it on and was so incredible catching and attacking the ball at Baylor. I'm I'm not sure how you handle Ben Sennett, Deuce Vaughn, and the receivers all in pattern because Will Howard shows the patient just to be able to find what you can't cover. Yeah, and I mean, uh, I think West Virginia's got the athletes to do that, you know, when, when and and they run the the type of scheme on defense um, that should be able to to match up with certain tight ends, but. You know, it's it's going to be a problem for them. You know, Jasir Cox is one of the many transfers um, that, that West Virginia features on this defense. And remember, he's the North Dakota State transfer um, that plays kind of that hybrid linebacker safety role for West Virginia. And so Chris Kleiman and th- that staff know him well, at least from recruiting him um, and, and probably having watched him um, even at K-State keeping an eye on, on how the Bison are doing. He's a guy that matches up well in terms of um, being able to defend a tight end, but at the same time with the way that West Virginia's defense has struggled and the the demands that they put um, on their linebackers and, and a hybrid safety like Jasir Cox um, to, to help out in the secondary too, uh, you can't tell me again that a guy like Ben Sennett isn't going to be able to you know get loose in a similar fashion like we saw against Baylor because again, to me, if you're West Virginia, um, Although you watch Baylor, you know, get shredded when they're sending a lot of different blitz packages and stuff, knowing coaches, you always think you're smarter than the next guy. You know what I mean? And so I I would have a hunch that West Virginia is going to think, you know, our defense isn't good enough to beat K-State in a base. We've got to fluster this young Will Howard, this inexperienced Will Howard. And so I wouldn't be surprised if, again, they try and manufacture some stuff and it ends up biting them with a guy like, Ben Sennett, uh, or again, you know, maybe it's getting Deuce Vaughn out in the flat or something like that. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if West Virginia again kind of tries the Baylor game plan and again for the second straight week and ends up biting them. Well, let's flip it over to the other side. Kansas State's defense gets a little bit neglected with what happened at Baylor, but they were fantastic after that first drive and and getting the interception. They really seemed to just completely smother Baylor's offense for the most part, just giving up the three points. Problem number one for the K-State defense is they don't know which quarterback they need to prepare for because they are much different quarterbacks. you got JT Daniels, the more um, experienced guy in terms of starting. He's started all 10 games. He's a Georgia transfer. He likes to throw it around. He hasn't been as good as advertised, bluntly put. And then last week in some bad weather in that Oklahoma game when the offense was really struggling, they threw Garrett Green out there, a mobile 5'11", 200-pound sophomore. He's played in 20 games. He's got plenty of experience. He has never started a game, but he really can pull it down and get after it a little bit on the ground. I think we're going to see a mix of these two guys. I don't think we're going to see one guy or the other. I think Neil Brown's going to do what he did last week. I'm going to find what works against this defense. And honestly, Wally, neither one of them really terrify me. I just feel like Garrett Green caught Oklahoma a little bit off guard. Yeah, you know, listening to, you know, the West Virginia side this week, whether it be podcasts, reading between the lines of what Neil Brown says, it seems like the majority of them are under the impression that it will be Garrett Green. I'm more with you. I have a hard time believing that Neil Brown, who kind of already knows his job security um, is basically in major peril, isn't going to on a senior day, just not trot out JT Daniels at all. Um, uh, but I, I also agree with West Virginia that, you know, if, you, if you're trying to pull a monster upset here, Garrett green is probably, you know, the best guy to do it. Um, and here's why the dual threat period. You look at the two, if you're looking at, at the difference between the two, JT Daniels, a, a much, I say much better uh, passer, but that's probably more because we haven't just seen enough from Garrett Green to say one way or the other. But where they're just immensely different, Garrett Green, 27 attempts on the season uh, from, from a rushing standpoint for 212 yards. He averages 7.9 on the ground. His counterpart, JT Daniels, 30 attempts for negative 51 yards. He's not mobile. You know, when JT Daniels is in there, 
that's the time when K-State can dial it up if if he is under center. With Garrett Green, he's he's an accomplished guy, uh, honest to God. I mean, uh, other than the fact that he hasn't played a whole lot, you know, this is a kid that was offered by Georgia Tech, Mississippi State, Ole Miss, TCU out of high school. Um, and again, those offers should kind of tell you what type of quarterback he is. He's perfect for this type of system, that read option, you know, stretching uh, the field both horizontally and vertically. Um, he, he reminds me of kind of a poor man's Kyler Murray. Um, and, and so to me, if you're K state, uh, again, I think you don't overemphasize the fact that it's Garrett green because, you know, despite earlier in the year, K state struggling with QB run games against like a Dylan Gabriel, uh, or what we saw in the Tulane game, they've come back and really handled some pretty good mobile quarterbacks. So uh, since then, um, Spencer Sanders was, was heavily limited. Um, you know, Max Duggan for a bigger guy, a little different than Garrett green, but they handled him pretty well. Um, you know, really even until Shapen last week was probably the most yards they've allowed to a quarterback in many, many weeks. So I think Garrett green, you know, this defense, when you talk about Austin Moore, who's so fundamentally sound, you talk about a guy like Daniel green, um, veteran guys, Josh Hayes, guys that can read quarterbacks really well. A guy like Garrett green, who, you know, can throw uh, an undisciplined defense like Oklahoma off the rails. I don't see that happening with K state. I think they've got the right guys, particularly at linebacker to make proper reads and really take him out of the run game and force him to be a passer. Yeah. When Chris Kleiman comes out and says last week was the first healthy game. Daniel Green's played this season. It, it showed. I mean, it really did. He was much more aggressive and able to track the ball than he has all season. And I feel like those linebackers, as you mentioned, are going to keep anyone bottled up that tries to get away. Um, I just feel like, Kansas State is so focused on the task, I can't see them stumbling over West Virginia right now, even though the Mountaineers are so much better at home than on the road. Yeah, and I keep hearing about trap game, trap game. Um, and, and, you know, the, there's folks that are kind of hearkening back to 2012 and the stumble that K-State took against Baylor, again, with kind of the pressure riding of, uh, in that sense, it was a national championship berth. In this sense, it's uh, making a trip to Arlington for the Big 12 title game. But that Baylor team showed flashes. That Baylor team was getting some top 25 love. They had incredible athletes left over from the Robert Griffin III days. Uh, and they had a Phil Bennett on that sideline, too, that you know really understood what Bill Snyder wanted to do and how to take it away. West Virginia doesn't have the playmakers that scare you. You know, Bryce Ford Wheaton doesn't scare you uh, like Baylor did. Tony Mathis at running back doesn't scare you like Baylor did. But beyond that, all the uncertainty and the the intangibles that are going on in the West Virginia locker room, even if it is senior day, there's just been so many other distractions that are going on right now in Morgantown that you look at West Virginia since 2019, on top of all the things that are happening right now, they're the second lowest home win percentage team in the Big 12 since Chris Kleiman was mm-hmm. hired. They, they haven't really played that well at home under Neil Brown. They, they don't tend to win two in a row that much under Neil Brown. They've only done it three times since 2019 if they won two Big 12 games in a row, um, which is what they're trying to do again on Saturday coming off the Oklahoma win. So I, I think K-State is so focused. I think they have so much momentum with Will Howard kind of taking over now. That even despite some injuries, you know, with the Kobe Savage being being gone, I think that this is a team that, again, the discipline will prevail. Uh, and I think that even though West Virginia, to me, has showed some heart in games, if K-State is able to get up and just consistently pound and pound and pound away like they normally do, it, it can really fluster a team that's already not in a great headspace. And that's the way. I feel like this game will go. I don't know if it'll be a a monster blowout, um, but I just feel like K-State will never be in doubt, and they'll just wear down a West Virginia team that eventually will just throw in the towel um, um, in Morgantown on, on their senior day. Well, let's lean into that comparison to 2012 because I get it. People, you know, get a little paranoid after seeing that happen. But I want people to remember in 2012 that Kansas State team went to Baylor 
without Ty Zimmerman. And Ty, little known fact, was really the guy that got everyone lined up on the back end of the defense, including the linebackers. And we saw them really struggle simply getting set before the snap to to be ready for that game. And, and Baylor took advantage of it. The guys were out of position all day. Now you take it to this season, Kobe Savage is lost for the season with an ACL. But Wally, he isn't quite the 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 main ingredient back there, although he has been amazing. And Kansas State has so much more quality depth on the back end this year than they did in 12 that I'm not that worried about this particular game, not having Kobe Savage. Well, and, and two in 2012, remember uh, Tyler Lockett um, was severely hampered in that game. You had Cole Basham um, who had to you know, come in and try and create Tyler Lockett-like plays. So um, there was that also involved. But I'll be the first one to raise my hand. Entering the season, Fitz, I was the one that was questioning the safeties, saying this team will only be as good as these safeties become. They've become pretty damn good. Yes, yeah, so um, to the point to, to to the point where you know you lose a Kobe Savage, but gosh, sincere Mason has stepped up his play this year. Um, obviously, we've gotten what we thought out of Josh Hayes, but Drake Cheatham has been incredible down the stretch here in Big Twelve play. And again, I, I think VJ Payne in the the short increments that we've seen him uh, come in could be a guy that they could lean a little bit more heavily on down the stretch. I know that's not how they want to throw him in, in in these kind of impactful, you know, season riding games, but uh, he's an athlete that can create for them uh, in a way that others can't simply because of his length and his athleticism. So, you know, whether it's those guys, whether it's TJ Smith who has struggled, but at least he has some, some experience under his belt. I think they'll be just fine without Kobe Savage. That's not an injury that you worry about again, like you did in 2012. So I take it from all this. You think Kansas state will leave Morgantown at eight and three coming home to play Kansas and having a, unless KU beats Texas, um, an opportunity to go to the big 12 championship on the line against the Kansas Jayhawks. I do. And, and I think that the KU game will be probably, you know, more of a test than what I would imagine West Virginia will be a, a game, a game on the road, you know, West Virginia is nothing against them. Again, I think they're maybe better than we think, but also not good. I think KU has shown they've got the pieces together um, this season. In addition to some really creative coaching um, that that game will be a challenge. That'll be the one that I think K-State will really zone in on. And again, not worried about, K-State not being focused on that one either, regardless of what happens this week in regards to Arlington, because too many Sunflower State guys in this locker room for K-State to look past the Sunflower Showdown. He's Ryan Wallace. He covers football recruiting for us at Go Powercat and helps out with team coverage. Wally, I appreciate it very much. Thank you so much. And now let's talk to the guy who is going to start at quarterback for Kansas State this weekend when they take on West Virginia in Morgantown. And, of course, that is Will Howard. It is almost for certain now that the junior quarterback will not be redshirting because an injury to Adrian Martinez has sidelined him. This would be Will Howard's fourth game as quarterback for K-State, and that would be all he could play if he wanted to maintain that redshirt. But redshirt be damned. The Cats are in line to play in our for the Big 12 title, and that is certainly more important than preserving something that may never happen. And Will Howard has played outstanding football when called upon this season, so getting the start at West Virginia, whether Adrian was healthy or not, was probably going to happen. But I think we can all agree it's been a pretty phenomenal step forward for Will Howard from his first two seasons to what he has been this year. He has gone from someone that seems uncomfortable in the pocket and would flee quite often to someone that is very comfortable back there, reading defenses, going through progressions, and slicing up the secondary, finding open receivers. Let's now get to Will Howard, who said Saturday after the win at Baylor that everything has slowed down. Everything has fallen in place for him this season, and why has that happened? Being a young kid in there two years ago, not really, not really understanding, uh, you know, the the even the offensive scheme, kind of still working through, you know, what our what we were trying to do offensively, and now just kind of being able to sit back there and just dissect the defense kind of you know the offense is just the back of my back of my hand right now um just because i've been in the system so long um and 
you know, just like I said, you know, when I was a young kid, kind of going through those struggles and, you know, you don't really see it in the moment, but um, those things kind of help me, help prepare me for what, you know, what I'm going through now. And, and uh, you know, it's, it's kind of cool to kind of see things come full circle a little bit, but there's still so much work to do and, and uh, I'm excited for it. Well, what does it change for you to actually know going into a week that you're going to be the starting quarterback? Definitely a, a big mindset adjustment. You want to say that you're going to prepare like you're the starter no matter what, but it's a little different when you actually know, uh, and it's a little, little more calming in a way, and you can you can kind of prepare like you know get all the all the one reps and uh, prepare like you're going to be the starter. And you know, like I said, you kind of want to do that when you're the backup, but it's just a little different when you really know. Do you play against any defenses comparable to what West Virginia will show? West Virginia is a good defense. They got a, a lot of good athletes. Um, they've kind of struggling to, I think, find their identity and have kind of thrown a lot of stuff out. And and there's a part of that that's a little, you know, a little scary. You know, you kind of you don't really know what they're going to show. But you know, I feel like every kind of every game you kind of get into the flow of things. You kind of see what they're going to what they're going to do. But man, we got We got a challenge. They're a really good, really good home team. Um, we know that. Uh, you know, it's always hard to play in Morgantown, and and uh, you know we're we're excited for the challenge, though. You know, we're we're gonna come out fired up. What did Will Howard do the best on Saturday? I feel like I I did a good job of taking what the defense gave me. Um, you know, I feel like my first two years here, I kind of forced some things and uh, would would kind of get a little jacked up in the pocket and and just make decisions that I didn't really need to. Um, and I feel like I did a good job of kind of you know taking taking things one time, one step at a time and not trying to force things into, into windows that I didn't have. Um, and, you know, something's, there's still a lot of stuff I need to work on. Even that, you know, there's some plays that, you know, I wish I could have back and, um, and the team wishes they could have back. But I think that's one thing I definitely got better at. The next question, what, what do you take away from that game that you really need to work on? I feel like definitely want to be better with my feet. You know, I feel like in the past two years, I've definitely you know, been able to hurt guys with my with my feet a little more, and I I kind of want to be able to show that you know be a little more dynamic in the run game, um, you know, and not be just seen as like a pocket passer, you know, kind of a stiff guy. It's kind of funny because I was seen more last year as like a running quarterback, and this year I'm seen as kind of a, a stiff back there. I guess people like to say, but like you know, it's it's funny, but uh, you know, definitely definitely that. As close to a homecoming game as Will Howard gets in the Big 12. Absolutely, yeah. No, it's it's only four four and a half hours away, so I'll have a lot of people there. And um, you know, as far as the Big 12 goes, there's not a lot of not a lot of games we get to play out east. So I'm, I'm excited for it, and definitely been been thinking about this one. This is Kansas State's Felix Enyedike Uzama. We'll be right back with more of the Powercat pregame podcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is Kansas State's Cooper Beebe, and welcome back to the PowerCat pregame podcast on the 24-7 Sports Podcast Network. Welcome back to the PowerCat pregame podcast sponsored by Robbins Motor Company. I am Tim Fitzgerald, publisher of GoPowerCat.com, and half of your podcast is behind you, but we still got lots of great stuff. Brian Hanley, our football analyst, is standing by on the phone to talk to us from his home in Texas, and we have Ryan Gilbert later in the show to discuss the gambling odds, the betting lines throughout this conference this weekend and there are some very strange lines and a lot of road favorites including kansas state from whom to pick but we're sponsored by robbins motor company 
At Robbins Motor Company, they strive to earn lifetime business and build relationships, selling quality cars, trucks, vans, and SUVs, and offering top-notch parts and service. Robbins Motor Company, title sponsor of the Pyrocat pregame podcast. And now we bring in the man himself, Mr. Brian Hanley, offensive lineman in the late 90s for the Kansas State Wildcats and now our football analyst at GoPyrocat.com. And this Mr. Hanley has trap game written all over it because you get caught up in West Virginia being four and six and you kind of gloss over in their last three home games. They have beaten Baylor. They played TCU to the wire, losing 41-31. Then they beat Oklahoma. This team in Morgantown is as different a team I've ever seen home and away in my entire life. They're dangerous at home and absolutely feeble on the road. Do you have an explanation? I, I don't. <laughs> um, I literally don't. I mean, it's you could say that's part of coaching, you know, getting your team up on the road, leadership within the locker room. Um, I, I, I mean, yeah, I think that it's all of that combined. No leadership within the locker room. Because uh, I think West Virginia has talent. I'm pretty sure they have some talent there. But I just think it's a lack of coaching, lack of leadership, um, and, you know, just not really caring to play on the road. I think that once the, the first couple of games it went south on them, I think they kind of packed it in, yeah. to be honest, especially on the road. Yeah, when they lost to Kansas, I think it completely took their wind out of their sails. It was a shock yep. to everyone in the conference. And we now know that with Jalen Daniels, Kansas is a formidable threat. I mean, that's you can't look past West Virginia or Kansas as K-State wraps up this season. But the Wildcats are in a good position. They just need to go out there and take care of business with a team that kind of sucks opponents into sloppy play. I mean, it's almost like a basketball game where if the other team's turnover prone, you might get a little sloppy with it. It's it's amazing to me that opponents have the most penalties against West Virginia as any team in the Big 12. They're drawing more opponent penalties um, than anyone else. And on the other side of that, though, they also – lead the league in bad turnover margin. They're last in turnover margin. I tried to make a positive out of that. And um, <laughs> it's it just kind of shows the, the oddity of this team, that they can do something so well and not take advantage of other mistakes. They, they're just a hard team to figure out, and I feel like that's a sentence even Coach Neil Brown would agree with. Yeah, I think so too. Um, and again, it kind of goes back to what I had mentioned before. It's just when you're hard to figure out, it, you're not doing things consistent. And when you're not doing things consistent, it, there's a coaching aspect that comes into that is getting your guys to be consistent. That's part of coaching. And also it's part of leadership. Leadership has the guys in the locker room practicing hard and playing hard every single day. And when you don't have that, you know, it, it makes for teams that you can't figure out. It just that's basically is the recipe of a team that you can't figure out is when the leadership isn't what it's supposed to be. And the coaching isn't getting the best out of the players. So basically the coaching isn't what it's supposed to be. Yeah. And let's start at quarterback because this really emphasizes how confusing this team is. JT Daniels is the starter. He has started all 10 games for them and uh, he has been effective at time the former Georgia player but not effective all the time and last week against Oklahoma it was pretty miserable conditions a lot of rain it was cold JT Daniels was ineffective they brought in Garrett Green a sophomore he's 5'11 200 so he's not your prototypical quarterback in any way and Garrett Green ran the ball so you got Daniels the thrower and Green the runner and when asked about his quarterback situation Neil Brown added, well, you know, we might actually play Will Crowder, the freshman also. Uh, so that's a three-man rotation. He really wanted to confuse the whole mess. Does it matter who starts at quarterback? Because I feel like K-State is equally adept at stopping the pass as the run. I don't think it necessarily matters for us. Uh, yeah, I don't think it matters for us who starts at quarterback. I think for West Virginia, I think it matters. Uh, I think if they're not going to start, you know, a quarterback that has been there, lighten it up. And he's played well this year. 
I mean, he just has. If they're not going to start him, then they're looking to the future and they've they've cashed it in. So, and if that's what they're doing, then okay, that's fine. We'll take advantage of that and do our thing. I just, it's unfortunate because when you do that, kids know. Players, they 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 know. They they know what's going on. And if you're going to do that, man, you know, I, I don't know. I, I'm not here to begrudge anybody and uh, i mean i think neil brown's probably on his way out at west virginia yeah so to me i would think you would try to win as many games as possible but that's just me that was um, my next maybe question he knows, yeah yeah i, I just I mean, maybe he knows something that i don't know and he's like no I'm, I'm gonna be here so i'm gonna develop this guy who knows uh, just i don't know either way k-state i think is gonna be fine yeah. whoever they decide to play when you're a player the, the the Board of Regents and the President just dumped the athletics director for signing crappy contracts is what I'm hearing, and Neil Browns is one of them. So that would kind of indicate that powers above Shane Lyons, the AD, want Neil Brown out. He just won't go away because he keeps winning at home. It's hard to it's hard to fire a coach that has beaten Oklahoma and Baylor at home, and who would think that you could beat Oklahoma and Baylor in the same season and still be so bad that you're – you're going to finish near the bottom of the conference and fire your coach. That's how weird of a season it is. But when a coach is on the hot seat, it, it can go either way, can it? Either the kids want to come out and fight or the kids are like, well, the hell with this. Let's just be done with this season. And it's hard to say where West Virginia is, but they might be falling on the fight side. Yeah, yeah. And, and as K-State, we have to prepare like they're falling on the fight side too. We can't prepare like they've cashed in because who knows? Um, and beating us – might be something that salvages their season. And that's the last thing that we want to have happen, you know. And again, it's not like West Virginia doesn't have talent. They do. they got guys that can play football. So, you know, whatever their issues are, are their issues, you know, that's for them to figure out. Our job is to go in there and play hard, go win the football game, because it's not going to be just a, a they're going to – now, we could get up on them early and they could quit. Which, hey, if they do, great. But I just, I feel like they're going to fight. That's that's my thinking, Fitz. I feel like they're going to fight. They're at home. I just feel like they're going to put up a fight that we're going to have to go play a, a good football game to win. Well, K-State avoided a quarterback controversy. As you know, Adrian Martinez is injured for this game. Uh, indications are he'll probably not be back to the bowl game, but uh, Chris Kleiman wants to keep, you know, other teams preparing. And it, it looks like... Uh, you know, maybe it's possible that he gets a pin put in and, and can play on a leg in case Will Howard gets hurt. But in kind of a form of good fortune for K-State, they avoid the quarterback controversy. Will Howard will be the guy at West Virginia. And, oh, let's check the notes. West Virginia has the worst pass defense in the Big 12. So it seems like he's the right guy for this game anyhow. But, I mean, is it kind of fortunate that there will be no – uh, you know, harping back and forth about who maybe should be the starter, the the veteran guy who has paid his dues, or Will Howard who's roared in off the bench and looked good. This is Will Howard's team. Go. Yeah, I think it's good in that sense. I mean, obviously, nobody wants to see anybody anywhere get hurt. Right. Like, nobody wants to see that. Having said that, the controversy it was there. It was amongst friends. Hey, it was between me. I was a, a guy. Yep. That that thought they should go a different way, you know? So the getting that distraction out of the room, out of the, the locker room, out of fans heads, out of everything just clears the air. It's great because you don't have to, nobody has to answer those questions. I also thought that K-State media in general did a great job of not bogging down the players with those types of questions every week, which is a testament to them. Um, you know, but having said that, I just think it's a great thing that, hey, here's the guy. This is how we're moving forward. It's unfortunate how we got here, but we're here. Yeah. So we got to move forward. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, I I never really felt um, a, a conscious uh, quarterback controversy brewing because – um, Adrian Martinez was the starter, and I expected when he came back healthy for the Texas game, he would start. But after what Will Howard just did at Baylor, there was going to be a controversy because they really, let's yes. be blunt here, they couldn't go back to Adrian Martinez. And that's nothing bad about Adrian Martinez. Will Howard has played at a whole nother level. I mean, he has been elite in his way he's operated, in the way he's operated this season. And it's just been, you know, 
just mind-numbing how incredible it's been because this is a totally different player. And if Will Howard gets time to operate in the pocket at West Virginia, you would think this is going to be a blowout, wouldn't you, just based on how he's playing? You would think that it could be a blowout, absolutely. And just what you said, he gets the time to do his thing, and we're moving quickly in and out of the huddle, pushing the ball down the field. Just the whole game plan that we have with Will Howard, if we execute that, I'm not sure the game will be close. Now, things happen. I mean, it's college football. I mean, anything can happen. But I just feel like this is a game that K-State really needs to put their their best foot forward here. Yeah. Early. And, and the defense has been like an iron door. I mean, in, except yeah. that first half against Texas, which was just such a – uncharacteristic performance by them and maybe the second half at TCU when things spiraled out of control this defense has shut down Big 12 offenses they've kept three Big 12 offenses out of the end zone in seven games and I'm telling you that that's quite a statement in this conference and I I just don't I don't see how West Virginia quote outscores K-State based on how the defense is playing no, there's no way that – well, I shouldn't say there's no way that that's going to happen, but you wouldn't think that that is going to happen. K-State's defense is just too good for that. Um, and it's been good all year long. Uh, fluky things happen. I get that part of it. But uh, just going off of, of what we've seen and what we've done and what we're putting out week in and week out, I mean, our defense is rock solid. It's really underrated in my opinion. So it's underrated. I know people in the Big 12 – probably understand it but even then you know you see a game like texas and then people oh well they're not really not that good no k-state's defense is that good yeah they really are they um as much as we talk about what the offense did at baylor this defense was equally good in the second half they just wouldn't let baylor move the ball um and had to be a just an incredible frustration for the baylor bears brian i i know that the texas game was a great you know disappointment and frustration but um, everyone needs to put that in the past, don't they? This team now is in complete yeah. control of their destiny. They've got the Big 12 championship game in their sights. They've got a very winnable road game, as winnable a road game as maybe there is in the Big 12 conference this season, and that still is difficult. And then you come home and play a Kansas team that, you know, will be back to more full strength with Jalen Daniels. But, boy, you got to like the pathway that K-State has here. It's set up for success. Now they just have to go do it, don't they? Yeah, they're absolutely set up for success. And I think uh, outside of the Tulane loss, if you asked any K-State fan at the beginning of the season, hey, this is where you are with West Virginia and Kansas left, and you have an opportunity to go to the Big 12 championship game, will you take it right now? I don't know that there would be a K-State fan anywhere that would tell you no. Like I said, minus the Tulane game. I just don't believe that that's the case. So we are in an outstanding position right now to do what our goals at the beginning of the season were. Let's get to Dallas or Arlington. Let's get there and let's go win the Big 12 title because K-State's very capable of doing that. Yeah, they sure are. And, you know, going into the season, I had the Cats at 9-3 and three overall, never imagining a two-lane loss. And when that happened, I'm like, well, they're not going to be 9-3, and three, but, brother, here we are. They are 7-3 and three with two to go and two winnable games, and it's going to be very interesting to see if K-State can clean this up, take care of business. I feel like this is a – they passed a big test with Baylor, but this is a – a huge test of their ability to focus and and just now kind of start mowing through teams even when it's difficult and going back to your time at K-State in 97 and 98 those games come no matter how good you are you find yourself in a dogfight at Missouri or you know one of those yeah. games that just pops up and really is a challenge and K-State might face that but boy this is going to say a lot if they can just mow right through that. Absolutely. I was literally going to bring that up. The week after we beat Nebraska the first time in 29 years, we had to go on the road against a Missouri team that was good. Really good. I mean, they were. And it was a struggle. <laughs> it was a struggle to win that football game. So, again, this is another one. I don't know that it was the emotional roller coaster last week uh, beating a Baylor team, but still an outstanding performance. You're going on the road against a team that you are better than, that you should beat. It's going to be a testament to the coaching and the leadership, kind of the same things that I mentioned about West Virginia. These same things are going to come up with K-State this week. And I know our locker room is good. 
So I, I don't anticipate that being an issue. Um, but at the same time, it's got to be taken care of. And like I said, we go out and handle our business early. And I, I just got a feeling that West Virginia will just absolutely fold. I would agree with you. He is Brian Hanley. He is our football analyst at GoPowerCat.com. And he and I will gather ourselves and speak on Sunday after I return from Morgantown and uh, assess what happened against West Virginia and look forward to Kansas. Brian, I thank you very much. Thank you, sir. Next up, we have Coach Chris Kleiman and some of his thoughts on his team on the Mountaineers, Will Howard. And after that, we bring in Ryan Gilbert to talk about the betting angles around the Big 12 this weekend. But now let's hear from K-State coach Chris Kleiman. That was a big win uh, on the road against a, a really, really talented team uh, in Baylor. And uh, got to move forward this week. Many of you guys know uh, that uh, we lost Kobe Savage. He'll be out for the year. It's it's uh, really tough because Kobe was playing such great football for us, and he was devastated. But uh, we'll lose him for the year, and uh, that's disappointing. Uh, with regards to Adrian, he is not out for the season. I, I, I had heard that that was out there, but that's not the case. He is not available this week. He, he will not be playing this week, but um, he's not out for the season. So um, Will's going to be the guy. It's his football team and uh, excited for Will. Uh, Everybody knows Will's playing at a really high level. Gets to play back closer to home, and uh, you know Jaron and Jake Rubley will will be the backup um, uh, to Will this week, but uh, excited about the challenge we have. West Virginia had a new layer of preparation with the, the quarterback switch because it did change their offense. Yeah, it uh, it definitely does. Um, you know, there I I think some of the plays may may be the same, but there's a lot more quarterback run read or element to it. Um, it didn't look like it was the greatest of conditions down there uh, with the rain, so I, it was hard to tell. You know, did uh, both teams try to run the ball a lot more because it was more difficult? to throw I watched a little bit of it on the in the hotel room but and it looked bad but uh, um, absolutely uh, I, we envision both kids probably playing kind of a cliche case of a wounded animal they're at home they're defending their place and they've done it pretty well this season well boy they've played really well at home they've beaten Oklahoma they've beaten Baylor I thought they gave TCU a, a great run I know I, I'm happy for Neil that was a big win um, last week uh, for for him and the program. Uh, they're still chasing bowl eligibility, and uh, they'll be ready to play. It's senior day. They've got a lot of great seniors. I've got so much respect for for Neil Brown and, and what he does and how he does it. Um, they'll, they'll be ready to play. This is going to be, as we talk every week, it's going to be a four-quarter great Big 12 game. Is that West Virginia win, kind of a blessing, because I know you guys do a good job focusing week to week, but you can't miss this one out. Yeah, you know, um, I think they were going to be ready to play no matter what um, because of uh, character uh, and toughness of Neil Brown coach teams. But um, without question, they've got a lot to play for, and uh, um, we have a lot to play for. So uh, it's going to be the same thing, who who can make the fewest mistakes and and, uh, play a clean game. And now we do bring in the one and only Ryan Gilbert to talk about the betting angles of this week's Big 12 games. And it's another entertaining full slate as we come down the home stretch of the season. Two more weeks to go in the regular season. And some very intriguing lines this week. Ryan Gilbert, let's start with this important question. How are you doing? You good? Good. Good. How are you doing? I, I hear you had a little success in the NFL this past weekend. I did. If you're following my college football picks on this, you're probably not making any money. But if you're following my NFL picks, you are you're quitting all your jobs. Yeah, that's right. I'm, I'm, congratulations on the early retirement, by the way. Be, Thank you. Thank be you. Fantastic. It's been nice knowing you. Yep. You'll be out of here at any moment. Let's get going with the slate of games here. Um, and I want to start with a very interesting game because KU won at Texas last year, and I understand Texas is different this year, blah, blah, blah. Texas is a nine-point favorite in Lawrence on Saturday, and I absolutely don't want to touch this game. I don't know what to think about this game. Uh, Jalen Daniels will be back for Kansas by all estimations. What are your thoughts on this Texas minus nine in Lawrence? I like Kansas here. Uh, for a couple reasons, and you look at last week, that loss that Texas suffered, I mean, that really does kind of end their season, essentially. Obviously, they're going to be playing in a bowl game. Sure, they could be playing for 
or something, but you know, the big 12 that's, you know, pretty much out of the picture now, and they're going to need, you know, things to go right there. I haven't honestly looked at that, you know, how that scenario would work out, but I mean, you got to think that's a demoralizing loss for Texas. That's kind of reason number one, why I like Kansas, but it's, it's just too many points fits. I'm going to take the words out of your mouth here, a warm weather team coming up North. I don't see how that helps Texas in any way. KU has uh, three victories this season as an underdog outright. So they're capable of making you some money at plus 275 here. I think that's worth the risk. And this is just too many points. I mean, KU has been one of the best teams in college football covering the spread. I don't think people are, you know, have, have caught up with this team and they've get, you know, they get some players back this week, like you mentioned. So I think, you know, what, nine and a half, 10 points, whatever is, is way too many for, for Texas playing on the road. I don't know if KU necessarily wins this game, but they'll certainly keep it close. I would have to imagine. My thoughts, exactly. Next, let's do this again with another sort of warm weather team. It's a little bit further north at Lubbock than, than Austin, but the Texas Tech Red Raiders head to Iowa State. Iowa State's a three-and-a-half point favorite. Did I get that right? Are they a three-and-a-half-point favorite over a real football mm-hmm. team? Hmm. Can we just skip this one? Is that yeah, okay? that's kind of what I feel like. It doesn't mean anything. Why should I give anyone my money over this? Yeah, you're, you're just burning money, aren't you? But the one thing I'll say about this game, whatever you think, I would double down and bet either the over or the under, right? Iowa State, you know, the combined total points scored in their games this year is 38. Texas Tech, that number is about 64. <laughs> so the over-under in this game is about it's about 47 right now. So if you think Texas Tech is going to win this game, I think that they're going to win it their way in the fa- in the fashion they want to play. And then so I'd probably take the over 47. But if you think Iowa State wins this game, it's they're not going to be scoring more than, I don't know, 21, 24 points. So I would probably lean the under if you like Iowa State. I'm not going to tell you which way to go because I think this is just a, a pretty crappy game. But I would double down on the over-under uh, along with your, your spread bet if you choose to bet this one. But I, I don't know if it's yeah. – I really don't. I would take the under. I think Iowa State's defense can hold up. I just don't think their offense is worth a crap and can outscore right. anyone at this point. Okay, now I can't figure out which game to do next, but let's just do this one. TCU is only a two-and-a-half-point favorite at Baylor. A little bit confusing on this line. I think Vegas is looking at a matchup here and seeing some things, but also maybe a letdown from that huge win over Texas. Look, I I think Baylor's a good team. K-State made them look worse than they are, but I don't see TCU winning this by a point or less or even losing. They're going to win this game, right, by field goal or more? Yeah, TCU's gotten just no respect this whole season. Um, they're 8-1 and one and one against the spread this season, so they've only lost your money one time. And, you know, that was proven to be true last week. I mean, the Horned Frogs were – underdogs by a touchdown and they go in there and their offense doesn't give up a single touchdown. They gave up, or their, excuse me, their defense gave up three points, right? They had that, that scoop and score for Texas kind of later on in that game, but the defense was, was stellar. And I think that last week's game kind of just sums up everything going on with TCU right now that they're not getting enough respect. And I certainly think that the same holds true for this week. So I agree with you. I love TCU here and you know, let's not get it twisted. Baylor, will bounce back after that game yeah. last week against Kansas state. They're not that bad. And I, you know, we were talking about this in our group chat or whatever about how that interception on Baylor's first possession just really changed everything in that game. And if that doesn't happen, who knows? I, I think K state still has a chance to win, but you know, just, I, I feel like that game just took a one eighty after that play. And so Baylor was on track to, you know, have a good game and, you know, Chris Kleiman, you know, he said it, that that was a great game, but, you know, Baylor was a good team. They had to, you know, control the football, not turn it over. And they did all those things they needed to win. I don't know um, if TCU can really replicate that, but, you know, bottom line here, I, I shy away from that. TCU should cover, but Baylor's going to bounce back. This is going to be a relatively close, you know, close game, but to win it by a field goal, that seems too easy. Yeah. I, I Man, sometimes the lines just don't make sense to me. Like this one, Oklahoma State's a seven and a half point favorite, or excuse me, seven and a half point dog at Oklahoma. And Spencer Sanders is expected to return to the starting lineup for Oklahoma State. This is going to be a really good game. These two teams are going to go at it. But Oklahoma is entering desperation times. 
They only have five wins. They have Oklahoma State this week in Norman, and then they go to Lubbock. And there's not an easy win in those two. Can Oklahoma State win or just cover this game, this spread, seven and a half points at Oklahoma or the Palace on the Prairie, as they like to say down there? Oklahoma State should be able to, you know, keep this one within a touchdown. And, you know, Bedlam's are historically, I feel like, a high-scoring game. So seven points, you know, relatively speaking, isn't that many points um, for a spread, but I mean, Oklahoma's three and seven on the year against the spread. So they've, they've really performed poorly in that regard, but Spencer Sanders, like you mentioned, he's getting healthier and you look at Oklahoma's defense. That's a bunch that gave up over a hundred yards on the ground to Garrett green. And I'm sure we'll talk about with him with West Virginia here in a second, but he came in in relief and played very well, you know, gave them a jolt of energy and lifted them to a victory, but he rushed for over hundred yards and just over a half of football. Spencer Sanders can certainly do the same thing. So that shows some weaknesses from um, that sooner defense on top of everything we've just seen, you know, all year long, you mentioned it, they're not even bowl eligible yet. So, I mean, seven and a half points with Spencer Sanders getting healthy. You've got to give me Oklahoma state here and you might as well throw some money on the home underdog as well. Yep. I, I don't, mind that pick at all i don't mind any of your picks you're so smart hey um let's do kansas state it's a seven and a half point favorite on the road at west virginia west virginia is a different animal at home although a mountaineer is not typically an animal it's a guy anyhow um west virginia i watched some of that game against oklahoma and i was less impressed with west virginia than i thought oklahoma stunk and it was weird weather conditions and now they got a quarterback controversy i know the the Mountaineers haven't lost by big numbers at home. Only TCU got them by 10, barely covered that. But I think K-State rolls them. I just feel like K-State's going to chug in there with Will Howard and a, against a really weak pass defense and chop them up. I agree. I think this is a good spot for Kansas State. And we've seen some letdowns from the Wildcats this year. Something in my gut just tells me that this is not one of those spots. But I think the story is probably less about Kansas State and what they're capable of because – with Will Howard, we've seen what they can do. They've been, you know, pretty darn consistent on offense with him under center, healthy. Um, I think it's more about West Virginia. You know, Neil Brown is to say he's on the hot seat would be an understatement. Yep. Um, you know, this this podcast goes up at midnight on Thursday, so um, our behind enemy lines piece is up, I believe, at 11 a.m. Um, on Go Powercat with Chris Anderson from our 24 seven site covering West Virginia. And he kind of outlined it, you know, with an athletic director coming in, in the, in the near future, I think there's a lot of off the field issues. Um, not to mention the fact that they do now have a quarterback controversy um, in Morgantown. So there's a lot of things going on and, you know, conventional wisdom would probably have you believe that this is, it's too many off the field distractions for West Virginia to come out and be focused against Kansas state. But when you've had a frustrating, uh, frustrating season like West Virginia has had, you know, maybe they just play loose and they have nothing to lose and they go out and ball out against Kansas State. I like Garrett Green. I think he's a lot better than Daniels. I think if you're a K-State fan, you want Daniels to keep playing because Green, like I mentioned, he gave that offense just a jolt of energy. Yep. And that was a, you know, the first time in quite a long time West Virginia has seen a, a true mobile quarterback. So, you know, with the X's and O's, the schematics of this game, you know, I think it, it goes without saying Kansas State's the better team. But like you mentioned, you know, West Virginia has had some success at home. And, and seven and a half points is, you know, that half a point, too. If you want to buy down to seven, you know, I wouldn't say no to that. I think that's, that's it's almost too many points. I'm torn on this game going back and forth. I, I like Kansas State to cover. I'm not overly sold on it. I think K-State wins, but, you know, that's that's a pretty – you know, sizable number for Kansas state. And, you know, they've held three different big 12 teams scoreless. They've also, you know, they got, you know, suffered some, some frustrating losses this season as well. Um, but with, with Will Howard coming in at quarterback, I hate to say it. I didn't believe that I would ever say this, but that's probably better for Kansas state's offense than, than having Adrian Martinez. So I think there's more reasons to bet Kansas state here, but I mean, this could either go, you know, West Virginia could win this game. K-State could win it by four touchdowns. I think it's less about, like I mentioned, it's less about what we see from Kansas State, but which version of West Virginia will show up. Thank you, Ryan Gilbert. Much appreciated. Good job with all of that. I'm 
really don't want to gamble on any of these. But now I've started doing it. I've done it every week. I've got to finish up the season. I'm not sure what to pick this week, but I know one game I will pick. I will pick Kansas State to win this game and buy more than the 7.5 point spread. I think K-State is in a terrific place as it heads to Morgantown. Yeah, a couple injuries have impacted the Wildcats. Kobe Savage's loss on the defensive side hurts, but they have some guys that can step in, just not as much depth. Adrian Martinez getting hurt certainly will be a horrible thing for Kansas State if something happens to Will Howard, but we think he will be available in some form or fashion on down the line later this season. And Will Howard, honestly, is the better matchup to play against a West Virginia pass defense that honestly has been really bad for much of the season. What they do do well takes us right into the one thing to watch. Defensively, the front of this West Virginia defense is as good as you'll find in the Big 12. So it's going to be incumbent upon this offensive line for the Wildcats to give Will Howard plenty of time to operate. This team can get after a quarterback, and Will Howard is the less mobile of the two. He's certainly not the stiff that maybe some people think he is after seeing him this year because as he pointed out in our interview segment last year he was known as a runner who couldn't throw but now he's a thrower who can't run he can indeed do both but he is certainly really good when he stands tall in the pocket reads a defense and cuts up the secondary if the offensive line for kansas state can protect will howard throughout this game he will have time to exact incredible damage against west virginia and if that happens Folks, this game will not be close. West Virginia is teetering, hanging on by their fingernails, finding a way to beat teams such as Baylor and Oklahoma in Morgantown. But now that they fired their athletics director to clear the way to fire Neil Brown as coach, it's hard to imagine that this locker room will be really inspired to go play this football game. But as you know, if you've watched the Big 12 all season long, you got to play the games. Everyone is in peril everywhere, every week. It makes this the best football conference in all of college football. And one final piece of housekeeping. We're sponsored by Robbins Motor Company. The dedicated team of automotive professionals at Robbins Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Fiat will match you with a vehicle that suits your lifestyle and budget. Robbins Motor Company, title sponsor of the Powercat pregame podcast. Cats in the ears right there in Morgantown. 1 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. local for the West Virginia fans. If you're not going to make it out to Morgantown, you know where I'll be next week. I will see you at the bill but hopefully i'll see you in the mountains of west virginia this saturday when the cats take one step closer to playing for a big 12 title thank you for listening to the power cat podcast make sure you're subscribing to our show at apple spotify amazon or wherever you get your podcasts power cat podcast all rights reserved go powercat.com 